0: namaste
1: so we will continue to read from uh, the practice instructions of the great Chan master Ji. We're still on page 33 and the translator has given this instruction the title with total trust Roam and play in Samadhi. Now let's see what he really says. Empty and desireless. Cold and thin. Simple and genuine. This is how to strike down and fold up the remaining habits of many lives. So let's look at that once more. Empty and desireless. Without any desire for anything from the phenomenal plane. Empty out of all narratives, all belief systems, all hopes that have anything to do with the illusory entity that you are now transcending. No desire to be anchored in a name or form or limited life within the matrix completely gone beyond cold and thin in other words the Zen monk is not interested in being warm and cozy but wants to be able to deal with whatever conditions arise without complaint without excess without need, without a sense of lack when the electricity is cut off and the global financial system collapses and your money is worthless are you still okay? Can you deal with life? When the body becomes thin and you're cold and there's nothing to be expected of jouissance any longer from the world are you still able to play in samadhi simple and genuine the ego is not genuine because it is complex it is complex because it speaks with forked tongue one fragment will say one thing another will say or want another thing. And that complexity can never be unified into a genuine presentation of oneself in the world. And so it is only through that simplification of the consciousness through return to the zero point that the authentic being is able to express itself through the body and mind because it has no interest in making any particular impression on the other. It has no interest in controlling. has no interest in being approved. It simply is. And so, if you wish to strike down and fold up the remaining habits of many lives, you have to go through this emptying out. There is no other way to become genuine except to eliminate that which is not genuine, that which is ladla, that which is fragile, that which needs things to be comfortable and easy and enables one to be irresponsible. All of that must be struck down and all the habits of the ego's desire for gaining territory and security and love and approval and all of those attempts to establish itself with some reality that it lacks must be folded up and thrown into the fire. When the stains from old habits are exhausted, the original light appears, blazing through your skull, not admitting any other matters. So the old habits, when they are recognized as stains upon your soul and the energy that has pushed you to act out those habit patterns, when that energy has been exhausted through your letting go, your striking them down, your having become simple and empty, when that has been achieved, then the original light appears. The original light of Shiva, the Buddha nature, the light of the Supreme Real blazes through your skull. Has everyone experienced that light blazing through your skull? Have you realized that light is yourself, your home, your abode? And is the very essence of reality itself. And when that light blazes and fills the consciousness, there is no longer any room for other matters, no other thoughts, no concerns, no worries, no plans for the future, no. Anything except the eternal light itself completely takes over and becomes the only reality. Vast and spacious, like sky and water merging during autumn. Like snow and moon having the same color. This field is without boundary. Beyond direction. Magnificently one entity. Without edge or seam. So this light that will blaze through you and dissolve the mind of the ego. Reveals the vastness of reality, an infinity of infinities, all contained within this field of light, empty of objects, but filled with creative imagination and potentiality. This will also appear as the sky and the water, and as they merge in autumn at the horizon. That point of the horizon is yourself, the horizon between the noumenal and the phenomenal, between the emptiness and the fullness, between life and death, between all and nothingness. Like snow and moon having the same color because everything is the color of the white light that fills all space, that creates space creates time and is itself timelessness. Magnificently, he says, one entity, one self, one intelligence that constitutes the basis of the universe and every universe and all without edge, without seam, without otherness All one whole, and you are that. Further, when you turn within and drop off everything completely, realization occurs. So all of that is before realization. What he was just talking about is still just a preamble. Because realization cannot be described. It is even beyond the light. Right at the time of entirely dropping off, dropping off narratives, dropping off the sense of I, dropping off all separateness from that, infinity deliberation and discussion are a thousand or ten thousand miles away there is no interest in speaking no capacity to speak about this wonder and no one to speak to there is no basis for any discussion because You either are it or you could not possibly be closer than 10,000 miles from it. Still, no principle is discernible. So what could there be to point to or explain? This is a very important point. Chan Buddhism and then Zen when it went to Japan is based on the understanding that understanding cannot be transmitted through scriptures or concepts of any kind. And so to believe that there is a supreme principle, whether it's the Tao or the Buddha or... uh, Shiva or any uh, supernal, metaphysical ideal is already to remove yourself into the plane of representation. You have to let go of even the highest and purest beliefs in order to realize this truth. And this is why the Zen monks would say If you mention the word Buddha, wash your mouth out as if it's a dirty word, even though these are Buddhists. Why? You cannot imagine Buddha to be some concept that you could understand. You must realize the mind cannot understand and let go of it, not worship your own ideas even if they are traditional ideas that come with all the power of the usage of those terms by the great sages, even then, don't believe there is any principle beyond what you are. And you cannot know that until you have dropped away all sense of separation from that principle. People with the bottom of the bucket fallen out immediately find total trust. In other words, the realized Zen master is one for whom the bottom has fallen away. There is no foundation. There is no bedrock. It's not like, okay, we're building our lives on the rock of ages, now we're safe. No. The safety is in the fact that there is no bottom. And there is no you who fell through it. It is utter emptiness. Not some dependence on God. Utter emptiness. And it's only in that state that one finds total trust. So we are told simply to realize mutual response and explore mutual response. Then turn around and enter the world. Mutual response. We have entered into non-duality, and yet there is still mutual response. The absolute response, the bottom falling out is the response. One's allowing that free fall is the mutuality. One becomes itself that fall, that freedom that is the emptiness. And there is a mutuality then between phenomenal and noumenal. A complete interpenetration without obstruction. A complete recognition of the perfection of all that happens. Even when something happens that seems like it made the bottom fall out of your life. Nothing has happened. And then you can enter the world. You can enter the illusion. You don't hide from it because now you're not afraid of it. Roam and play in samadhi. This is what Ramana spoke of, sahaja samadhi. That samadhi that is so natural, there is no need to meditate any longer. There is no one to meditate. You are that which is to be meditated on. And then you roam and play in total freedom. And your responses are that mutuality in which Shiva and Shakti dance in the cosmic play. And everything is beautiful. Everything is magnificent. Everything is a perfect expression of the one power. Every detail clearly appears before you. Your consciousness is heightened. You are totally in the present. Every moment has infinite preciousness and perfection and significance because it is the manifestation of the intelligence of the supreme reality. And you are part of that, playing with that. Sound and form, echo and shadow, happen instantly without leaving traces. The world's texture, the fabric of reality itself, the light and the dark, the pain and the pleasure, the high and the low, all of the permutations of the phenomenal reality that make up the code of the language of God, speaks and instantly is realized in its depth of meaning moreness without leaving any trace of thought behind, any trace of what was meant by that, or how should I deal with that, no trace of any egoic separation from the entire process of the unfoldment of the real. The outside and myself do not dominate each other. That apparent duality, being one, is always in harmony. And one always can yield. There is no need to assert and affirm and get your way. There is only the way, the Tao, that affirms itself in every moment. And one is able to respond without being intruded upon or intruding upon the space of any being. Only because no perceiving comes between us. What does he mean, no perceiving? Every perception is a thought that registers and defines an object that is perceived. But when there is a total presence, it is as if there is no perception because there is no subject and no object. There is only the unfoldment itself that then goes on smoothly, without frustration, without demand without glitch. Only this non-perceiving encloses the empty space of the Dharma realms, majestic 10,000 forms. We are in the Dharma realm, the Dharma Datu. All is sacred. We are the holy temple. And every moment, every phenomenon is holy and pure and true, and in the reality of that freedom from ego thought, everything appears in the way that it is meant to, to express the Dharma in its most majestic, ultimate capacity for potentiating itself into 10,000 forms. and he sums up this way. People with the original face should enact and fully investigate without neglecting a single fragment. People with the original face, the Buddha, the face of God, the face of the Tao, the face of the faceless, nameless, formless presence. When that is your face, when there is no mask, when there is no conditioned identity, then you should enact that power. Don't hold back, don't hide it, but enact and fully investigate the entire field of these 10,000 forms and by investigating you will see the same face in everyone, in everything, in every moment. And you will see its different facets of the one supreme diamond in every face, in every experience. And one must realize the preciousness of every moment you are given and of every being you are encountering and every fragment of reality no matter how ugly or no matter how beautiful or no matter how unapproachable or no matter how familiar each fragment must be recognized, must be consecrated through the gaze of the one who sees the real and enables it through its love to bring it to emerge into its wholeness and perfection. May we all wear our original face and no other.